This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. So, Elliot, we're looking at the TVs in the studio, and we saw Waldorf and uh, Astoria. Stantler. Stantler, Astoria. You'll, you'll get it right one of these days. I'm checking it out now. You see, I see Selena Gomez on there with Ellen talking about uh, the whole Justin Bieber thing. Okay, you're you're way too up on that, for, you know. For a, oh, they dropped a paternity uh, suit. Really? Yeah, the girl who allegedly raped him and got pregnant. The 19 year old or whatever. The 19 year old dropped the it. older woman. The older woman, but it's all allegations. Okay. We had a busy day today. We talked to Lydell Mitchell this morning, who was Franco Harris's teammate at Penn State. <laughs> Great backfield way back when. I remember those guys. Three-time Pro Bowler, and he's his partner with uh, Super Bakery. He had some interesting thoughts on the whole situation with Franco and Paterno. We'll yeah. put that up later. Yeah. But let's get to our next guest, former World Cup soccer player. He played for D.C. United, the Galaxy, the Fire, the Power, Tony Sane. Did I say it right, Tony? You did. You did. How you doing today? Good. Great. Jerry kept telling me, our producer, okay, Dave, this is how you pronounce the name. I said, okay. I thought I'd butcher it. And Dave was having trouble with the Tony part of it, which really got me concerned. <laughs> yeah, I'm Italian. I should know Tony. I'm Italian, too. So are you from Italy, or were you born here in the U.S.? I'm not really Italian. No, I was born in Minnesota. St. Paul? St. Paul, Minnesota, where all good things happen except for sports teams right now. <laughs> you had a good uh, team for a while in baseball with the Twins. Every year they beat the Sox. Yeah, we'd been good in uh, a lot of sports for a while, but we got cursed or something. I mean, when Wisconsin teams are, like, leading the world and, and everything and we're not, it's a sad day over here. But wait a second. You, you can claim some sort of Wisconsin heritage, can't you, by uh, having gone to Wisconsin-Milwaukee? I could if I wanted to. <laughs> you don't want to claim any of that? You don't want to claim a, a Packer uh, allegiance or something like that? No, I don't. Oh, okay. How did you get involved in soccer in Minnesota? I mean, it's a, it's a hockey state. It is a hockey state. Um, you know, I was a big soccer player and basketball player, actually. Um, and basically my best friends all played soccer, and it's just something that stuck together with us. Uh my dad was actually born in the West Africa, so I visited his family and got a little taste of it. And uh, I just met a group of great guys from my neighborhood, and we just grew up doing it. So you start off being very successful in college, and you say to yourself, I'm going to make a career out of this? Was that the decision that it came to? You know, I never, like, said I'm going to be a professional soccer player, but everything I did pointed to that. Um and so, and there was a point, I guess, probably, you know, when I was a senior in high school, freshman in college, where something clicked in the back of my mind. And, you know, obviously I was physically pretty gifted, but I just realized I saw the game and interpreted it a little different than most people. And from that point on, it was, you know, the game came much easier to me. And I knew that um, I wasn't just the average player, I guess. People, I mean, when I'm 40 years old, when I was growing up, they said soccer is going to make a big splash in the U.S. in the 80s. It's going to become the next big thing. Then they said in the 90s, they said in the 2000s. Why is it not taking hold in the U.S. like it is in other countries? Well, first of all, I think just my own opinion is, you know, in this country, at, at some point, um, we became very pro-American. Um, we used to have a lot of 
people from, well, we still have people from all the countries, but we produced our own sports. Uh, we created basketball, we created baseball, American football. Um, these are very American activities. So I think there was, you know, real pro-American, you know, in the early 20s, 30s, and the soccer popularity probably died down in a lot of communities because everybody wanted to be pro-American. And then to get back in that, in the good light, you know, you're battling against, you know, billion-dollar companies that are fighting for shelf space, and they don't want you to be on air, and it's advertising, and, you know, it's, it's just going to take time. But I, for the first time now, you see there's an investment. Uh, there's a lot more TV contracts coming up. I think soccer just passed up basketball. It's the number three attended professional sport now in America. So, yeah, I, I think we we're a little foolish to think it was going to happen overnight. Um, and it might not ever be as big as the NFL or, or Major League Baseball, but it's growing, and I believe it's here to stay. Well, you know, you would always go on the weekends, you'd see hundreds and hundreds of kids playing soccer, and the thinking was when they grow up, the soccer will be part of their DNA. And kids would grow up, and for some reason, it it sort of dissipated that interest the, the the playing the participation didn't translate into the viewership or the the fans in the stands right and i think you know as 6 year olds soccer is a great organized babysitter um <laughs> it's also very healthy you know um and the kids swarm to the ball and it's pretty safe sports and a lot of kids can play at the same time it's not very complicated um so it's a great sport i i think the problem was is as our better athletes you know got into high school before there was no professional league, so and they looked for scholarships, and so football and basketball is where the money was, and it's what they're seeing on TV. So then they would switch sports and, and give up soccer. Um, and then once you know they play high school soccer seriously, um, that's what they're going to be a fan of. And you know when you grow up watching the Vikings, it's hard you know not to watch them. And there's just not a lot of soccer on TV, also. So. Um, it's really exposure and education, and I think it's changing. I hope it's changing. Now, what could you feel the difference between playing in the United States and then playing in the Bundesliga? Yeah, um, it, totally different worlds. I mean, you know, the game itself isn't that big of a deal. It's, you know, it's still soccer, but it's really the activities surrounding it. Um, you know, that is the main sport there. Um, you're on the front page every day. You know, people make a big deal of it. They're really passionate about it, like college football here, because you really play for your city. It's not like here. Professional teams there can't move. You know, you play for Berlin, and you live in Berlin, and it's the team in Berlin. So everybody in the city supports Berlin, and it's it can never change. And wherever you're born, that's your team, very much like your college alma mater. And so that's why they get so passionate about it, because these pro teams actually represent them as their birthplace. How big was it when David Beckham got signed by the Galaxy? I mean, I think it was huge just marketing-wise for the league. He, very high-visibility guy, um, you know, brings a lot of marketing dollars. He's also one of the better players, you know, at his position in the world. Um, you know, to me, he's a lot like a Dennis Rodman um, in a good guy version. Um, I love Dennis Rodman, by the way. I'm pulling for him to get in the Hall of Fame one of these days. I don't understand it. Yeah, that's, um, that's two of but, us. He did go, and he just went yeah. in this year. Did he? Yeah, he just went in the Hall of Fame this year, Rodman. Right. 
Finally. Uh, I was just reading something about that. Okay, so David Beckham is a world class role player. You know, he's not he's not a Jordan, but at what he does, he's he's very good and he's huge marketing influence. Played on some of the best teams in the world, and it just it brings credibility when more players because now um, some more players have started following him over here, which is which is great news for the league. When Beckham came, it was sort of like when Pele came back in the seventies. Uh, you know, past his prime, but still this phenomenal name and right you know he, yeah but he's still, hey, still, still, still pretty good by american soccer standards yes yeah no and, and beckham wasn't really past his prime he was actually you know at, at the end of his prime um he was still playing for the english national team at the time so it wasn't like he was washed up and you know, his contract's done now, and, you know, five years later, there's some of the best teams in the world are trying to buy him back. So um, he wasn't past his prime, but he's a different kind of player. And it's like if you add a Dennis Rodman um, to Greece, you can't expect him to lead that league in scoring. But he's still going to be the best rebounder, you know. Um, <clears throat> but Mark? But in practice, did you ever go one-on-one against uh, Beckham? Like in, yeah, kind of I mean, in basketball, you go one-on-one. Did you ever go one-on-one and say, you know what, I could take you down? Well, it's it's a little different. I mean, you know, in, in soccer, because being in such a team sport, it, it would be like in football picking somebody saying, let's go one-on-one, you know. You, do, you you all have different roles and responsibilities. So, you know, he could try to dribble past you or I could try to dribble past him. But, you know, the goal is keeping the ball, completing it, and, and trying to score. So, obviously, we played against each other every day, um, and we did go head-to-head many times. But uh, it's not something like you you – gonna play one on one. So was he the best player that you've played against or with? No, I played with some pretty good players in my career and I've played against, you know, quite a few world players of the year in the in the World Cup. I, you know, I had a Mark Figo who was World Player of the Year. I played against uh Rivaldo who was player of the year, uh Ronaldinho, um a lot of players in Germany. But I do have an incredible Beckham story for you that's like like a LeBron James commercial. Okay. Um, in Kansas City, there's a stadium, and it was a baseball stadium, and on top of it, they had this big bull. And in the bull, it had an eye, and the eye of the bull was probably two feet by two feet. And some of the guys at, at the end of practice said, let's see who can hit that billboard. Closest to the eye wins. And this is literally on the top of the stadium, so about 30 or 40 feet high, about 40 yards away. Loser has to go in the stands and picks up the ball. First guy kicks it, shank in the stands. Second guy kicks it, probably 10 feet from the billboard, pretty close. Beckham hits it, no lie, nothing but net. Swish through the bullseye out of the stadium. It was one of these freak things that you see. Um, He wanted to try it again. No one would let him. They'd say, no, you you just got to let that go. But, um, you know, there's just certain people that have, a, I guess, a charisma and, and things happen around, and, and he has that personality, and he's very, very good at what he does, and he's a free kick specialist. So uh, that was that was kind of an incredible moment, actually. He does kind of have a horseshoe up his rear because, I mean, <laughs> look at his wife. She is beautiful. He's got a great family. His wife is, is cute and rich, uh, which doesn't hurt. Um, <laughs> he, does, he, he does pretty well, he, well for himself. Too. Yeah, he's cute and rich, too, I guess. Match made in heaven, right? <laughs> He's not as good looking as you, though, right? 
You know, I'm single, so if you know any uh, cute, rich women, or really nice ones, actually, I should say. We, we really just, nice, cute, rich? We, we were just on the air with uh, Crystal Chris. Harris, the runaway bride who was engaged to Hugh Hefner. She, You know, she's in the beginning stages of a relationship, but there may be a shot for you if you can go out to Los Angeles. And... I could probably make it out there. Okay. I understand your Chicago Bliss team is coming to Minnesota this weekend. Indeed. I think it's a Saturday night game. You, you a big fan of the Lingerie Football League? I am now. <laughs> I think they need another coach. You want to coach him? I could. I would love to be honorary coach um, or towel boy. <laughs> towel boy probably would be the preferable job. There's no kicking other than the the first kickoff of the game in that sport, however. So I'm not sure exactly where your skill set fits in, but I'm sure you can figure it out. Are you going to put in a good word for me? Anytime. All right. Thank you. Okay. Uh, now, you've played in the World Cup. When can we expect the United States to win? The game is pretty close. I mean, they could win any time. Obviously, it takes a little bit of luck. Um, realistically, um, you know, we've, we've fallen off a little bit. But I would say that we're capable of winning right now. Um, you know, Villanova won the NCAA championship over Georgetown years ago. Um, so we are good enough to win right now. Whether or not the stars come together and we get David Beckham's horseshoe out of his butt and into our shoes, um, who knows? But uh, I think we're capable of it. But I think until we go in as maybe favorites or a top four team, we're probably eight to 12 years away before people will say, okay, we're going to actually bet on these guys to win. Okay. There always seems like there's coaching turmoil. You know, there's turnover and, and the continuity. I'm not a soccer expert, but the continuity seems to be lacking. A little bit, but, I mean, look at your Chicago sports. You know, every every day every coach gets questioned. It's just professional sports. Um, you know, the we've had actually in the last, I think, the last 13 years, we've only had, you know, this is our third coach. So he just started. So 13 years before that, we only had two coaches. So, it's, you know, it's just, you know, people always expect us to do better. They always want us to do better, and they always blame it on the coach. So that's that's the turmoil. Um, okay. Same it, as every other. Is it the talent level that's lacking then? Um, well, you know, there's a lot of good teams in the world, and, you know, we can say we've, we've been in the top ten. You know, I think that's pretty special. You know, we we got to the final eight of, of two World Cups. That's better than a lot of other countries. You know, we're just used to winning, and it's hard for us not to be the best. Um, so, yeah, we are not as good as Brazil or Holland or Germany right now. Um, I what think about our, Italy? Don't forget my Italians. We're not as good as Italy right now either. And actually, you know what? We have an American. One of the one of the best Italian players was born in America and jumped ship and plays for Italy now. How'd that happen? They got better food over yeah. there. Better, better food and better team, I guess. But uh, us being able to keep those players is also going to be, you know, very very influential if we're going to actually, you know, compete with the best teams in the world. We have to keep our best players too. What about Hope Soul? Are you familiar with her? Uh, I know who Hope is. I watched the Women's World Cup. Have you been watching Dancing with the Stars with her? I haven't yet. 
Well, but I heard she got booted off. I was going to say, it's too late to watch her now. I think she just got booted off the show, right, David? She just got knocked off this week, but she had some phenomenal moves. I think that soccer helped her with her dance moves. How's your dance moves? You know, I'll be honest with you. First, I don't know how this happened, but we have the local dancing with celebrities here in the Twin Cities, and I can't dance. And actually, when I start dancing, my friends tell me to stop because I embarrass them. <laughs> and somehow... I am on this show now trying to raise money for my friend John Sylvester that came down with Al's and our Sane Foundation. So I will be dancing February 25th in Minnesota, um, or I should say I will be embarrassing myself <clears throat> for a great cause, though. You'll, I should be watching that show, though, to get some pointers, huh? I would think so. You'll, you'll be on the dance floor, let's put it that way. I would think yes. a soccer player would have really good footwork, though, wouldn't he? Um, we do on the soccer field. <laughs> I saw your YouTube video. It was absolutely incredible, some of the stuff you were able to do on the soccer field. Yeah, that was also a couple years ago, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm 40 years old, too. That's no excuse. You're still young. So you have, well, a, founda- you have a foundation, right? Yep. I run the Sane Foundation in, in the Twin Cities here. Um, do you have a website? Yep. TheSaneFoundation.org. And your foundation raises money for? Well, we don't. We're more of a programming foundation. So in the true sense of the word, we're programmers. We do in-school and after-school programs. Uh, we do equipment and so- soccer collections and redistribution. We do an exchange program and coaches training in, in Haiti, <clears throat> which we started after the earthquake. Um, we do college access support, and we do anti-racism and cultural competency training. And really, you know, soccer is involved in everything, but soccer is just a tool. For us to reach the kids, and uh, we we look to help in educational forms, uh, you know, in Minnesota. Thank you so much for your time, Tony. It was a pleasure talking to you. All right, hey, call me back when the Vikings are on top. Might be a couple of years. I was going to say maybe a while. Might, I think we'll don't, win a World Cup before they're back on top. Yeah, don't wait by the phone. Thank I might you. come to Chicago then. All right, Sounds thank good. you guys. Thank Appreciate you. It. That was Tony Sane, World Cup soccer player. He played for the Fire, the Power. Los Angeles, he was all over. Played in Germany. He's played all around. (laughs) But we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have on legendary coach Lavelle Edwards. Stay tuned. 